Welcome, everyone, to episode, what's the number? Sorry. 181. Number 181, the 181st uh, podcast of the Scottish Liberty We've podcast. We've got more than 181, though, because there was bonus episodes. Oh, there were bonus episodes. Okay. But it's technically 181, and uh, uh, this is not Anthony Samaroff talking, as you might imagine. Uh, uh, no, he has not learned how to talk like a New Yorker. He still talks like a guy from uh, Glasgow and probably will uh, do so to the end of his life. This is Gene Epstein talking. Uh, I think this is uh, uh, the third uh, time I've been a guest on Anthony's show, at least the third time. And we are... Uh, broadcasting, podcasting from my office in New York City, the offices of the Soul Forum, and Anthony is a guest in my wife's building, my wife's apartment building. Anthony has been uh, the uh, libertarian Johnny Appleseed, so to speak, uh, of the libertarian movement since, I guess, it's October of last year. He's been bumming around the country, living off the largesse of various selfless uh, libertarians who put him up wherever he wants. He pays uh, for his own food. He pays for his transportation. But I think I don't think he's ever paid for his bed and board. Uh, is that right? No, you, that's not right. Oh, okay. Well, all right. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Uh, but uh, we are giving our entity an apartment in my wife's building. You're Let's, giving it to me. I thought I was just borrowing it. Oh, well, Gene, right. this is this just. <laughs> I knew you were generous, yeah, yeah. but this just exceeds even my expectations. Anthony has corrected my language. Uh, 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 most aptly, uh, we are just basically lending it to him for the oh, week. Oh, you're such yeah. an Indian yeah. giver. Yeah. yeah, an Indian giver. Oh my God, the, those uh, those politically incorrect statements you make, Anthony. I hope you don't uh, put your foot in uh, in that kind of shit any further. I got in so, trouble because I've got a pen on my bag that says "gun rights or human rights," and I was wearing it on the streets of New York. Yeah, and last night. A young lady tried to take me to task for it, but I just made fun of her, so I won that one. Well, uh, he's a troublemaker wherever he goes, in short. Uh, now, uh, what uh, we are going to discuss is an article that Anthony wrote about a debate I had. So let me fill you in completely on this. This was a debate I had in Florida on April 18th with a socialist named Ben Burgess, uh, who will be familiar to many people who uh, listen, for example, to Dave Smith's podcast. He's been on the Dave Smith Show a couple of times. He writes for Jacobin Magazine. Uh, and we debated socialism versus capitalism in Florida. And uh, you, uh, before uh, you listen to this discussion, can access the debate uh, at uh, the Soul Form Debates podcast. That's probably the best place to do that. And probably you want to do that before you listen to our discussion of Anthony's article about that debate. However, however, uh, if you'd rather not, that's okay too, uh, because uh, I think uh, I will uh, take pains to fill you in about what the debate was about and then what Anthony is critiquing and so on. So there won't be any difficulty there. But by, by way of further background, uh, this was my third debate with a socialist over the last couple of years. Uh, the, mo the, the, the most recent one prior to this one was with uh, Professor Richard Wolff, and that one, to my surprise, Pleasant surprise has had more than 2.4 million Whoa. YouTube views. Why doesn't my debate with Richard Wolf have 2.4 million? Well, uh, yeah, that's a good question, Anthony. Difficult to answer. Uh, we'll set that as question aside for the moment. It's had more than 2.4 million YouTube views and probably uh, a commensurate number of podcast listens. And oddly, oddly, I would actually prefer that people uh, listen instead 
to the debate I had with Ben Burgess, which uh, last I checked, it was close to 40,000 YouTube views. Uh, it's climbing. I don't know if it will ever get quite as high as it did with Richard Wolf. I don't quite understand why that happened. Uh, but the reason why I prefer the one with Ben Burgess is of the three debates uh, that I've had with socialists, the first was with Bhaskar Sankara, uh, the second with Richard Wolf, and now the third with uh, Ben Burgess. Ben Burgess put up the biggest fight. And so, uh, you know, uh, if you want to uh, listen to uh, my match with at least somebody who's got some kind of argument, then uh, then listen to the one with Ben Burgess. Again, that's available at the Soho Forum Debates podcast. Uh, but I, I want to start uh, by talking to Anthony about a certain framework uh, that I think is very important and that I'm not sure he completely grasps or goes with, based upon what I've read of his and based upon what I've listened to, uh, to what he said on various discussions and podcasts. Uh, this has to do with uh, the definition of capitalism. Now, uh, Ben Burgess, in the debate, he began because he was the affirmative. We were debating uh, capitalism uh, versus socialism in terms of promoting freedom, prosperity, and equality. Uh, liberty, prosperity, and equality. Uh, and uh, Ben Burgess began by defining capitalism as a system in which uh, the uh, a minority of the population owns the capital. Uh, goods uh, protected uh, by law—that's their property right in uh, in the in the capital, uh, the means of production—and the the majority of uh, the population uh, work for the capitalists. But surely the, that's not the definition of capitalism. Thank you, thank you. Okay, the point then is that okay, that's good. Anthony uh, just jumped on this, and I, I didn't even you know argue with Ben. I just asserted when I got up, and I said, let's establish one thing. Capitalism is, consists of, key part of capitalism is legal protection of property rights in the means of production. But then as for how the means of production are owned, uh, that's a series of wide open choices. Now, I guess uh, Anthony completely agrees with my definition because in fact, uh, we have had or since the beginning of time with Marx, we've had single proprietors, capitalists slash workers, people who own their own business and who work for themselves, single proprietors. We have had co-ops, uh, worker-owned uh, companies since the, since the beginning of capitalism, and we have it in the U.S. today. And so, so far, Anthony, what I've said is something you completely agree with? Sure. Okay. All right. So uh, then I, I guess you'd agree with the other part of it, which is something that I think is necessarily implied in that, which is the following. Um, you and I could argue with a socialist and say that the deal that is struck between a worker and a capitalist is, in our, uh, in our, from our perspective, a fair deal. The capitalist advances the resources so uh, before the goods or services are sold, uh, the worker if they're works. Even sold. I'm sorry, what? If they're even sold. If they're even sold, he takes the risk, uh, and it, and and uh, he he uh, by virtue of advancing the resources, he it, there's a time dimension to to life, and therefore that's an advantage. He's taking the risk, and so it's a fair deal between uh, worker and capitalist, and. Uh, uh, therefore, uh, the uh, the Marxist objection that this is exploitation simply doesn't hold up. But interestingly enough, if we are true Austrians, then we have to concede that 
that that that we have a somewhat shaky argument. The reason we have a somewhat shaky argument is that uh, is that it's perfectly possible empirically for everyone to want to be a capitalist, for everyone to dislike the deal. Uh, and to want to take on the risk, uh, to to want uh, to borrow the resources to, to launch the business. We all want to be capitalists in this world, and therefore the deal is simply not acceptable. It's not the deal that we want. And therefore, uh, I found, and uh, Anthony, now you tell me if this is an unfair criticism, I found that when you argue with somebody like Richard Wolff and you say, but that's the deal, that's not exploitation, and but Richard Wolff is beginning from the assumption that, and I'll quote Richard Wolff because I read his book, uh, uh, that worker ownership springs from deep needs and desires. We all want to we all want to own the means of production. Therefore, when Richard Wolff says, but none of us regard that as a deal that any of us will accept, we as Austrians have to say all deals are subjective. And if that's not a deal that appeals to you, then it's not a deal that anybody wants. So let me take the next part of that. The next question then becomes an empirical one, which is that what do most people prefer? Do they want to be workers or do they want to be capitalists? The ultimate answer is we don't really know. We don't know how society will develop. The only thing we do know, and now I want to bring up the argument I made to Richard Wolff and particularly strongly to Ben Burgess, which you didn't think was that big a deal, is that if workers really want to be capitalists, they could bring this about inside of a few years. They control, as I pointed out, the 90% of the population controls 80% 80% of the consumer dollar. And so through the force of that consumer dollar, uh, they could, through the various ways that I outlined, they could take over the means of production. The fact that, and I now I mentioned Mondragon, because Mondragon is the company that uh, that the socialists love to cite. It's the, worker, the large worker-owned concern in Spain. I pointed out that Mondragon has been famous since the 1980s. I covered the, 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 the worker ownership movement. We... Forty years later, we don't even have a, a company in the U.S. on the scale of Mondragon in the U.S. Right. And so, uh, and so, therefore, it's very, very doubtful that this is what people want. On the other hand, because we are Austrians, because we know that uh, that uh, that we can only speculate about uh, human character, and now let me bring in what Antony has written. Antony thinks that the reason why most people don't want to be capitalists is because of the degradation of our school system. Well, that, that, would, be out, a, that yeah. would be an exaggeration. Yeah. yeah, okay. But I would say it's if you actually look into the best schools that exist, yeah. they, what they don't have an individual learning environment, they have a cooperative learning environment yeah. where say that someone's to learn geometry they don't just learn it from a worksheet. They will go and do, say, craftsmanship, woodwork, and they learn all the geometry by actually applying it. Mm-hmm. And they do it in groups. So what I was saying is perhaps if the schools were based on a more a less authoritarian structure, mm-hmm. then there would be more worker-run cooperatives well, because people would be prepared for it. Yeah. I wouldn't go as far as to say all businesses would be run like that because maybe in certain, certain but as you say, like let a million flowers bloom and and what have you. Yeah. I, I don't I don't think it's implausible that it would be more common if the schools actually followed the kind of education which is shown to be the most empirically effective. We do have a very authoritarian 
school structure, parenting styles are still very authoritarian, and I would say that that preconditions people to be to have the to have. It would be easier to just put those people in an authoritarian workplace than train them to take on more responsibility. Mm-hmm. You might as well just use them as they come. Mm-hmm. So, so I would say that the. Yeah, I probably think I just I'm not really sure that I think that cooperative workplaces would be the norm or the majority, but mm. I think there'd probably be a lot more of them. Okay, yeah. Well, now um, I, um, you and I, of course, are now talking in the realm of conjecture, exactly. and I want to give it the framework by saying that again, uh, the, the we we cannot then argue. That uh, that that the deal that capitalists offer workers, I want to recapitulate mm-hmm. that point, is good one if people don't want it because we are subjective Austrians. But I want to now comment on what you just said. My own experience, and I and I mentioned this a couple of times in the debate with Ben, is that uh, is that when uh, you are part of a of a building co-op and building co-ops are. Ironically, in New York City, they t- they tend to be uh, owned and run by relatively sophisticated people of means. Uh, as I said a couple of times, I would rather live in a landlord building. And mm. uh, and and, uh, and it's the, a pain in the ass. Because the fact of the matter is that when you have, you see, see, you're talking about like what you do, being in, in business for yourself, not having to deal with others. Yeah, and there's a lot of. There's a lot of things that I have to do that I just don't enjoy, and it would maybe be nice to work for an agency. Sorry, just about the building thing. It reminds me of the quote from Oscar Wilde. The problem with socialism is it would take too many evenings. Too many many evenings. Too many evenings. evenings. In other words, you you constantly have to discuss everything every evening to figure out, you know, it's too much of a pain. Yes, and then what will happen, of course, is that, uh, as uh, happens in all all the co-ops I've been a part of is that I don't spend those evenings and then I find that the loonies who look, like to spend time at those evenings tend to take control yeah. and so I find that landlord buildings are better run. The other part of it is that I I in particular pursued a career as an economic journalist. I worked uh, I worked at the New York Stock Exchange for about 13, 14 years. I worked at um, uh, at uh, uh, Dow Jones, which later became News Corp, when News Corp acquired Dow Jones, and I just wanted to pursue my own niche. I didn't want to take on all the headaches of running the company. And so exactly. I'm only saying that uh, that uh, Anthony and I, are, and I are now talking in the realm of empiricism. Uh, we don't know. Uh, we're open to, to all the possibilities. And of course, the other the reason why I should never say why I would I would sort of like to see more worker co-ops is because I'd like to see more and more people begin to appreciate viscerally the problems yeah. of running a business. That's the we point. We don't seem to see. Yeah. But what about that book by Ricardo Semler Maverick? Did you ever read it? he completely reformed his um, business place to make it sort of more people didn't need to check in and check out they 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 interviewed their own managers the the employees chose the manager of their department instead of the the vice versa and ran an extremely successful business and then went all over the world teaching other businesses to democratize and a lot of people liked it but what 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 I think they found there's another guy, Tim can't remember his name. He's got a video on YouTube called "The New Paradigm in Business," but this came out like ten years ago, and the new paradigm's not taken over. He said when he taught people to democratize their businesses, like 
25-30% of the staff over the period of the transition would just leave because they couldn't they didn't enjoy the new responsibilities they had or, or they couldn't adapt to a democratized workplace whereas the people who stayed tend to like it and he wasn't coming down on one side saying you know decentralized businesses are de facto better than um hierarchical ones what he was saying is in certain instances hierarchy is better and in certain instances decentralized decision making is better and um i think i just i'm just saying that i don't think that this idea's been fully taken yeah. for a spin yet I, I it probably has more value than has yet been realized if it's applied in the right places in the right ways yes let a hundred it's actually Mao Zedong originally said let a hundred flowers bloom not a million you, you, it's been it's been it's popularly said a thousand now you right. raise it to a million I did don't inflate I just it. take it too far it's just a hundred flowers but anyway I only said a okay. hundred when but, I was in Scotland well, but now I'm in America and everything's bigger I have to say a million <laughs> that's good okay uh, sure, no, I'm okay. not but I'm now, not taller in America than yeah. I am in Scotland I'm still short Fair enough. Okay, but now I want to uh, apply what we've been discussing. Uh, Wait a minute the, before before we talk about the article. I want to I, I, let let me put the Marxist hat on, right? Okay. I want to devil's advocate you because you're saying, well, do you know what Anthony slash Ben slash Richard? Um, if the workers want to run their workplaces so much, why don't they just go to the bank, get a loan, and buy it out? But that's not what I'm or, saying. No, or no, no, why, please, don't they, please, why don't they please. just use their consumer please, dollars? Please, they, they control 80% of the consumer dollars. Yeah, so dollars. why don't they just only... Uh, and and Why but, don't they just only buy products okay, from cooperatives? Okay, but then more particular, exactly. Or they, I, 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 I emphasize this, and now, because you are getting back to something that, much as I love you... I want to much, argue the just, point. Just a moment. I just want to clarify something that... Okay that you wrote and this is what I was mildly offended by because you know you and I you said uh, they they uh, they, they uh, the debate seemed to hover internal eternally on on whether uh, the working class should voluntarily buy out and run their workplaces gene or take political action to secure the means of production via the ballot box Ben now uh, via the ballot box now again that's, of course, the way Ben would put it, but that's not the way I put it. The ballot box? What kind of libertarian are you? Uh, if, if you? Are you perplexed about what you just wrote? Yeah. I'm quoting you. Well, 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 I'm quoting you. The point, the point is, you think it's... You think it's a maybe justice. I should have said seize the means of production rather than secure. Excuse me, this what? Seize the... Secure the means of production? Via the ballot box. Secure, that's sec what he was saying. He was saying people should go out and vote to steal the means of production from capitalists. Yeah, that was his yeah, position. Yeah, yeah. But basically, I assume, I assume that your use of the word ballot box is the way Ben Burgess would put it. I assume that as an Austrian, as a libertarian, you understand that democracy sucks. Democracy is at, is at best a necessary evil. Democracy, democracy is at best the tyranny of the majority. And even then, it's not even that. So therefore, my only point is that you seem to regard, you dismiss this debate we had about the ballot box 
versus the control, versus the ways in which it could be brought about through capitalism by referring to this benign ballot box, rather than recognizing that what Ben wanted to do was what Jeremy, what's his name, who was running for office in England, I'm forgetting Jeremy his name. Corbyn. Jeremy Corbyn. What he wanted to do was sneak through, the go the government's iron fist would would raise uh, billions of dollars and would seize the means of production forcibly. So you think I was, so uh, you, 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 I was you making think, him, his you position you, I think you sound like a mushy brain socialist when you wrote that. Oh, right? well, I guess I'm just a mushy brain well, socialist. Well, then. you're not. No. And so my point is that... Uh, why my point, your point is, why did I write... Why did I make his position sound so benign? Well, because it wasn't the central point of my essay. So well, I wasn't hammering well, him on, well, on what, coercion. Well, excuse me. It, it, the idea that something isn't the central point in your essay is one thing. Also, the the, the other the, the the point is that if you want to summarize it, it would be through government's iron fist. In addition, in addition, I'm only saying this is a very dismissive statement entirely. In addition, well, that's how I felt. I felt like you guys just went back and forwards over this point. Yeah. For the whole freaking debate. Well, first of all, that's okay. <laughs> now, and I, I felt like that's a, a couple of times I felt like bashing my head against the wall because okay. because because you were talking past each other. Uh, okay. Okay. Well, excuse me. I I think that I think that the key point about the debate was that Ben kept insisting that. Uh, that the only way to bring this about was through the ballot box. And I kept pointing out that, that, that the power to do so was right before him. He referred to the atomism of, of, of the consumer. And my point is that Ben was in total denial about this distinct possibility that workers are simply not interested in what he's trying to sell them. The, his complete uh, denial his, uh, of, of the fact that, that, that's, that since we don't even have a, a mandragon yeah, but okay, in the US. Can I, please, can I please come on on that point? So right, yeah. I've made a sociological argument for why there may be more um, things such as he wants. But if I was going to be a Marxist, I would say to you, First of all, the consumer's only going to buy the cheapest product because that's the nature of the market. So it doesn't matter. So they're not looking at whether the companies cooperatively. Well, well, that's sweet. Well, now you're taking me. That's right. Okay, you just made a ridiculous argument. No, that's that's just a train. That's just a train stop on the way to the, um, the terminus, right? Well, if you are a Marxist, so far your premise is ridiculous. No, if you are a Marx, well, don't poison the well, Gene. Excuse me. If you are poison the well, you're just saying it's ridiculous. That's argument by adjective. Excuse me. If you'll allow me to elaborate, I could explain to you why it's ridiculous. I've not finished my point yet. Okay. You've just if you're a Marx, wait, wait, wait a second. If you're a Marxist, you can't say, oh, well, then you just go. There, there's there's no idea in Marxism. The whole point of Marxism is the process of work shapes the entire human psyche. The market economy... It's a libertarian notion that you can go to work from 9 till 5 p.m. and then the rest is your free time and the weekend's your free time. No, that's not the Marxist position. The Marxist position is the... Market economy warps your psychology. It warps you as a human being, turning you into less of a human being than you would otherwise be. So, of course, you're not going to favor worker cooperatives when you live in a market economy. 
that is the Marxist position. There's no such thing as, well, that's just your work and that's your free time. There's no such thing as your free time or your family time in the Marxist view. Because being a worker that works for a boss changes your psychology so that you're not fit for the kinds of things that you're speaking about. That's what that's what I would say. I don't I don't really necessarily believe that, but that's what I would say if I was the Marxist debating you. Well, okay, now let me address okay, this okay. argument that you don't necessarily believe. No, I which, don't. I'm just okay, playing devil's but, advocate. Well, well I, I, I don't know quite where you're coming from I'm, uh, in, this, in one sense because now you said you don't necessarily believe that. My point was You've got to give the devil his due. Fine. You gave the devil his due, and now let's try to unravel that as the, the, for, for the ludicrous argument. But well, that's what Ben's essentially saying. Well, okay, well, Ben's me, essentially keep... saying, well, if the workers really were connected to what they really want as human beings, then they would want to own their okay, own workplaces. Okay, you're, you're repeating yourself. Now, okay. can, can you give me a moment? I'm not, to... I'm clarifying it. Fine. Will you give me a moment to address Please. this argument? You can have the rest of the show. No, 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 I don't need the rest of the show. Look, look. Mondragon already exists in Spain. Uh, the, the other part of that, that what Ben Burgess likes to emphasize is that we have shown, we have proven empirically through example that worker co-ops succeed. We have proved, we have worker co-ops in the U.S. They, they have proven by example. He, I quoted him as saying that once they get launched, they do as well as uh, as, as conventional firms. Therefore, since he's constantly emphasizing that we have empirically demonstrated for everyone to see that this way of doing things is the way for all of us to follow, we don't have this, this claustrophobic world in which the only thing that workers know is working for the capitalists. We have Ben Burgess, we have Richard Wolff, we have, by the way, an extensive worker ownership movement that I personally covered, uh, and Ben at one point let slip that he tried to establish one. So this is a fantasy that even Ben admits that we don't have these wonderful examples. The sunlight has already shown in our lives, and all Ben has to show is that, look, just watch this movie about, uh, about Mondragon. Watch this movie about other worker co-ops throughout the U.S. So therefore, of course, we have all of these wonderful examples that we can easily replicate. That's a point he loves to emphasize. That's what he said. Second, uh, the idea that Austrians would or libertarians would deny that if you have what Ben said, you are work in, again, totalitarian environment. I quoted him as saying so. Uh, his colleague said, it speaks to deep needs and desires. Of course, if you work in a totalitarian environment, I look, I've had jobs I've hated. When you have a job you hate, or you have a boss you hate, uh, I, then of course it's going to color all of your life. Of course it's going to depress okay. your... May I finish? Of course it's going to... You said I could have the rest of the show. I'm not going to take too much longer. Uh, of, course, of, of, of course of course, your weekends are going to be marred. We are talking, and as I emphasized, and I guess you wanted to hit your head against the wall because you wanted to talk about your other Michigan. As I emphasized, Ben is talking about the horrors of working under capitalism, and he refuses to talk to, to the workers and say... Uh, 
or to the unions that have over a trillion in assets, the unions worldwide, there is a better way. We've already shown it. It exists. And you have the power of the consumer dollar uh, to overcome this. So therefore, this uh, this idea of Ben's, oh, we live in an atomistic world, we can't bring it about. Oh, no, the workers are miserable, and we and we have demonstration projects that show they don't need to be. But I'm only trying to, was trying to expose the utter, call his bluff, and point out if it's that simple in your world, we have these worker-owned companies that work, that work, and you work under totalitarian conditions, then talk to the workers. We could bring this about in several years. That's an argument, I guess, it just seems yeah. to be difficult for you to buy, and that's why you no, were hitting I, your head against I the world. No, it's not that it's difficult for me to buy. I agree with you, but it was just repetitive, because you'd say, okay, fine, you'd okay, make so. that argument then Ben would say, yeah, but political, but that's not the only way to organize people through voluntary means. There's also political action. Excuse me. And then you'd say, yeah, but then this. And then he'd say the same thing again. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Yes, there was also political action. There was also yeah. there was also uh, the other part of it, which again, you apparently believe that's I always- I agree with you. Just a moment, I know you agree with me. You are leaving something else out. Okay. In, in terms, I guess you were hitting your head against the walls by so much that you were difficult, found it difficult to hear something else. Which Ben said he would outlaw wage and salary employment in his in his in his. <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry. Why do, what's so funny about that? I just think it's ridiculous. I think it's a ridiculous position. But that was Ben's position. I know. I know. You know. You know. I see. I see. Okay. I, I don't even know where we're at. The point is that all that happened was that, as I said at the outset, Ben Ben is Ben is clearly Ben, ben clearly doesn't respect property rights. So it's fine well, with obviously him. Obviously, he doesn't respect. Okay. As I said. But it. the thing is, he doesn't believe that's those property I know. claims are legitimate. I know he doesn't. So maybe he would say, well, I do respect property rights. I just don't think that capitalists have the right to own the means of production. So that's not true property or something. The key point, like the that. key point I made is that the advantage, I said he doesn't respect property rights. Of course, I know that. So he doesn't care. But I said that if we have all these miserable workers uh, uh, living in misery every day, Ben could bring this about uh, through a minority uh, I movement. Know. Okay, okay. Now, my, I know. my own, my own, my only You've point. You've been my, saying the okay. same point. Okay, okay. yeah, okay. And right. I agree with you. Okay. I agree with okay. you. Okay. And I, I do think it's a okay. good. I do think it's a good point. Yeah, okay. I just don't. But think, my, 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 I just don't think it's the only oh, point. Okay. No, well, excuse me. I think it, the, the reason it's the key point. The reason, well, it's the, the key re point. I think it's the, the reason it's the key point is that we have to, is that we have to to review certain points. We we have to understand that Ben is going to begin by defining capitalism as workers and capitalists. That's how he began. Okay. That's how he defined. Whereas we capital. just say it's we, the we, private we, ownership. We, of we, we have to open up his mind and recognize that's not that way. We have to we have to point just let me let me just summarize okay. we have to point out that we are calling your bluff. If workers want this they can have it. And and if you are going to outlaw wage and salary employment, it proves how fearful you are about workers what act, what workers actually do want. That was the key point. But but I've established that my points. I'm only trying to, just to recapitulate one other point, which is that if you are summarizing this, I still don't understand why it's the key point. Because you said I'll tell you why it's, it's the key. The, point. It's the key. It's the key point because they are misdefining. They are not defining capitalism correctly. They 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 are purposely defining. They're purposely in denial about the distinct possibility that workers 
do not want the used car that right. they are selling. Yeah. That, that's but, one but thing. But the thing yeah. is, if I was the Marxist, I'd just say, no, they do really want it. They just don't know it because they live in a market economy and that corrupts Okay, their... well, you're, you're, you're back to the same argument I made. Yeah. I'm only saying they live in misery. It speaks to deep needs and desires, and it's proven okay, itself. So therefore, you're, you're they're, actually they're, clarifying they're, it now. Okay, all right. Okay. Well, that's what so I tried to say. So I, I listen, said, I listen so, so let me yeah. see yeah. if I can paraphrase, because this is what I've been really trying to get at okay, the whole sure, show. I've been trying to get the nub of what you're so okay. your point is well ben you're telling me that the workers are in misery they hate their bosses and stuff like that so if that's so true why don't they just use their consumer dollar to buy themselves into a cooperative precisely like yeah. because you're saying that they're so well obviously they're not if they were that miserable they'd be miserable enough to take those measures that they can take under a market economy. I, quote, I, quoted, I quoted a survey, a recent Pew survey of worker satisfaction, which seemed to belie the idea of misery. I pointed that out. But okay, you summarized my argument very well. And as a matter of fact, I don't mean to belabor it any further. I think That's I think fine. I think we've said it's enough. It's taken half the show. I, I, th I think we've said enough about that. Uh, my, my my only point was that, uh, and, and you've gone part of the way with agreeing with me. Uh, but certainly, again, I accept your criticism if you felt that too much time was spent on that, because there obviously there are other well, aspects to the story. Obviously, yeah, 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 obviously, yeah. Too, if too much time was spent on it, too much time was spent yeah. on it because. There was some lack of clarity in the communication between you and Ben. If I was the moderator of the debate, and these are the skills mm -hmm. I obviously mm -hmm. bring from my profession as a counsellor, mm -hmm. when I saw you going round and round in circles, I would have stepped in to moderate and said, right, let me just make sure I, uh, we get what the nub of this disagreement is. Mm -hmm. Gene, are you saying that X, Y, and Z and get you to agree with my paraphrase of your position? Then I'd say, but Ben, is your position ABC and get him to agree and make sure that I summarized his position correctly. And then having that completely clarified by someone external, that is moderation. That's like what you do in conflict um, conflict media mediation as well. Mm -hmm. And then maybe even get you guys to <laughs> paraphrase each other's position. Because it seems like, to those of us listening, it seemed like you were both making the same point over and over again, but not, but somehow not responding directly to one another in a way that was satisfactory, which kind of gave the feeling that you were maybe talking past each other or something. Mm -hmm. I'm still not quite sure what went wrong there, but um, I, I, I've got confidence that that sort of paraphrasing technique might have helped because it usually does. Mm -hmm. okay. I'm still not really sure what, and, and, do you want to go on to another point? Well, I, I want I want to go on to a point that you seem to get into, which, but where I think you misconstrued his position. The one the one argument that they like to make is that they want to retain the market economy. They they they, do. they, they want worker they want they want worker owned firms to go bankrupt. Mm. They they want they want well, they want worker owned firms to be capitalist in our sense. Mm. They, except. Except, of course, the 90, 98% of, of the financing is going to be controlled by government. Oh, that's but, crazy. Well, of course. It, well, so that's then how can he exp 
exactly. So how can but, he but, proclaim, but, the, but, the, but the could how can he proclaim equality when there's going to be the government? Have you heard of market socialism? Have you read Oscar Langer? They they want market socialism. Uh, do I have to read it? Will it enrich my life? It will enrich your life only in the sense that what you wrote in this article seems to assume. Uh, a complete top-down form of socialism that they're not arguing for. They are arguing... What's are, the name of the, the book? Well, Oscar Langer wrote... I mean, a number of people wrote about market socialism. But So I'm, I'm, I'm deciding Oscar Langer is one of those who debated Mises on market socialism. Essen, essentially... Is it on Audible? <laughs> yeah, whatever. We don't need to belabor how whether it's available. Look, mar market socialism consists of consumer markets. You, you, you basically control capital markets through, through the, the government, but you allow market market socialism is 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 a system in which uh, the 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 firms are owned and operated by workers, and but they the consumers can, and, and if the consumers do not want to buy their product, the, the 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 firms can go bankrupt. So while they are responsive to consumers in that sense, and so that's the point you missed in terms in terms of what he wanted. He wanted worker-owned firms. That that was the point I was making. He he, he wants to bring he wants the government to finance worker-owned firms. So therefore, that's markets. So he he would have told you that had you been making your argument. He would have told you that you're misconstruing what I want. Well, he read the article and he didn't he didn't send me a lengthy uh, debunking saying actually what I want is market socialism. He read the article. Well, I I, I don't know what that's supposed to prove. That's what he wants is market socialism. I can only tell you that okay. that's clearly what Basco and Carol right, wants. So, what's the problem with my article? Where did but, I fuck it up this time, Gene? I said, How I did I screw up this time? <laughs> Lay it on me. You didn't fuck up a screw up. You, you merely I know, made I'm, a, I'm being you whimsical. You merely, you merely, I'm being whimsy as you, you merely, put it. You merely made a mistake. You, 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 I you, find you, that very you, hard not, to believe. You, you I find that very hard to believe. You, you, again. Do you know when the last time I made a mistake was? Like right. 1996 or something like that. I see. Okay. Yeah. The point is that again, the 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 the, mar the market socialists uh, have always felt, and this is an old this. But they think that Burgess, Ben Burgess, and Rick Wolf, and uh, and also Basco Sankara tend to think this is a, a, a new argument. But but they but uh, but it's actually an argument that goes back decades. They 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 Why think. Why don't we just send them the book that this argument was hashed out and already, and then instead of talking to them. The reason why is that those of us who can argue against it, like uh, uh, like Rothbard or uh, or others, or Hayek are dead. You and I are alive, and they are preaching. All oh, right, song. now we have to fucking take on Rothbard and Hayek's work as well. Uh, we have to, as if we didn't have enough to do already. Let me address this point. I've done this trilogy with uh, with, with 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 socialism. You should get way, a box set. Yeah, exactly. The the, the, the uh, odd it it does strike me as odd just to recapitulate that that uh, that my you I mean I, I guess you didn't listen to my debate with 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 Richard Richard Wolf. I did. I mean, I, I, I mean, maybe you felt that was similar, just as tiresome as the as the other one. That's well, the, maybe maybe the reason why I found the yeah. one with Burgess tiresome is because I'd listened to the other two and it was getting repetitive. Well, that's a very but fair. I, I preferred, from what I remember, I preferred your debate with Richard Wolff to the Ben Burgess debate. Well, yeah, that's a very odd one. I guess you, the others would have to listen to it. But you know what? I preferred my debate with Richard Wolff to your debate with Richard Wolff. Why doesn't? Why do you get? 
2.5 well, million views. 2.4 million so oh, far. Okay. It's not 2.5 yet. Well, I feel a lot better. It's climbing all the time. But, but the, point, the point is that what, what, I, what I felt that you were doing with Richard Wolf was, again, that's my main point that I tried to begin with, which is that in arguing with Richard Wolf about whether the capitalists exploit that you, mm. you you were on you were on slippery ground. The reason the you were on slippery is, ground is that is that if in an Austrian sense the 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 vast majority of people do not want to consider this to be an acceptable deal. No, that's exploiting me. It's just as well as saying, look, you're going to pay me a million dollars for what I'm going to do. That I regard that as exploitation. Well, here's the, the point thing. Is, that's the reason why you don't. Do you see what I'm trying to tell you? With I, it? Well, yeah, I know, but we we had a, we had a different motion from you. So well, I thought I thought it had to do with Marxist exploitation. Yeah, that's where you were on slippery slope. Well, ground. the thing is, I mean, you could argue that in yeah. most of the poor countries in the world, the capitalists are exploiting the workers because they don't have freedom of movement of um, well, capital like so therefore there's a there's a vastly right. reduced number of farms in comparison to what there would be in a free market well, now and you, then they can pay people I'm, knockdown wages I assume that's not what you were debating Richard Wolf no, about but, I mean, so you're introducing something else I'm only trying to point if out if you want to talk to leftists in their own language you can go well it's a lack of free trade that's creating the exploitation well, of course what, what, obviously, that's why I also said that if we could abolish crony capitalism, uh, then we then then we could definitely improve the capitalist economy. Well, that's why I also said that. Gene. Excuse me. Good luck with that. Abolishing crony capitalism. I think it's perfectly. They doable. have all their billions. Do you think Jeff Bezos is going to let you abolish crony capitalism? Uh, now, now I have to play. Gates. Now I have to play my old card. We're sitting here in 1982, and I said, "What we have to do is, uh, as a first big step, we have we have to see the Soviet Union unravel." Oh, that's going to happen. And then you'd say, in 1982, no, would, you would have said, say, "No, you would I would have said good luck with that." No, I would have said the fact good is luck that with that. I would have said radical Mises, change is possible. I would have said Mises has already predicted that the Soviet Union will collapse correctly because socialism can't calculate. The, I, don't, the, I don't even. Okay. The capitalists should have yeah. known that the the Soviet Union was going to collapse. They should have known, because Mises demonstrated it. QED. I don't think I. We're we're going a little bit far afield. I don't think Mises demonstrated that at all. By the way, he, he did demonstrate the cap, the capitalist calculation problem, but he didn't demonstrate that, that at all. I, I I only want I only want to go back to my key point okay. about your debate with Richard Wolff and say I thought I convinced you that to defend the capital the capitalist worker deal uh, on, on the grounds that it's not exploitation is a slippery argument because again you and Richard Wolf were talking past each other Maybe and much more than I was talking past Ben Burgess so because because if Richard Wolf wants to decide that no that that worker co-ops and worker democracy uh, spring from deep needs and desires that they don't like that deal. And we as subjectivists have to say, well, if you don't like it, then I guess you could regard it as exploitation. It's all subjective. Okay, I see what but, you mean. I my, see what you my, mean. My other part, my other story is only that, again, market socialism, which is what Ben Burgess argues for, is is consumer markets. It's consumer markets in the sense that if if a firm can't sell its product to the consumers and and can't do well in the market, then they have to find something else. To then do. they go bankrupt. Is there anything else you want to discuss from the article? Well, let's see. Um, um, how long? Are, 
We've taken uh, the audience's time of about an hour. We can go a little bit more if you want. Okay, yeah. Uh, well, again... They can always switch off if we're boring them. That's... Oh, oh, the, oh, yeah. The only thing I want to discuss was from the article was, of course, I liked your point about equality under capitalism, and that, indeed... Uh, it is true that, uh, as I recently pointed out, you know, what's the difference between me and Jeff Bezos or me and and uh, and um, um, uh, Bill Gates? Uh, so far as I can see, the only thing I envy them for is that they have access to a private jet, and I and I've got to wait online to get on, onto an air, onto an airplane. But but otherwise, uh, the difference the, the 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 difference between uh, the the idea that that, that he's got a that. Gates has a 67-room home, and, and I've just got a nice, spacious loft. All, all of those differences strike me as rather trivial. Compared and, to the difference between a feudal lord and a yeah, sir. Yes, uh, exactly. The, the, the only, Do but, you know, Gene, that yeah. some people are so poor that the only thing they have is money? And what, what's some the, people are so impoverished that all they have is money. And what's the point? What point are you making there? It's kind of like... A, a romantic oh, thing about oh, yes. how all the important things in life are love and companionship and self-esteem and purpose. So well, some people are so poor that all they have is money. Oh, I see what you mean. You get it now. Well, okay, but that's you're making a facetious argument. You and I, you and I don't deny uh, the the delight that material goods offer us. Not at all. And and uh, and uh, and, and, and uh, as Somerset Maugham said, having money is kind of like a you know there's the five senses, but it's the sixth sense you can enjoy some of these things more well, intensely. as one of the great philosophers of our age, Madonna quoted, "We are living in a material world." And I am a material girl. Precisely, but 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 I wanted to make a, another point about that, which is that, again, uh, when you said that uh, that today we probably have more equality, yeah, and I agree yeah. with you. the the only problem with that, if you can argue with Ben Burgess or or Richard Wolf or Pascal Sankara, is that uh, they are going to say, ah, but but we're comparing capitalism with socialism, and that. And and uh, we can have even greater equality under the yes, market. Yes, you're right. It is vulnerable to that argument. Yeah, that's right. But yeah. my argument against that yeah. is that under capitalism, the real equality. Right. So you're going to say, well, Jeff Bezos has a hundred billion in the stock market, and I'm like, exactly in the stock market. Now, who chooses what Jeff Bezos invests in? Or oh, Jeff Bezos chooses? No, the consumer chooses because the consumer chooses what investments are lucrative and what aren't. So in other words, the consumer puts Jeff Bezos 100 billion under democratic control. Now it's not one mm -hmm. vote per person, but it's the democratic control of the market. Whatever the consumer buys, Jeff Bezos needs to invest in that if he wants to keep his money. Whereas in, under socialism, the decision-making process would be such that some people would need to allocate resources and ultimately the people who are making those decisions would have a disproportionate amount of power. Yes, well... Uh, and see, I know I didn't make that see, point very clearly well, in the article, see, but I only had so many words. There, see, there my frustration was everything you said is true up to a point, and at least in that case, you did cite my point, my empirical point, which actually took looking up, which is that... Again, I couldn't find it. I couldn't find your figures. I, you don't have to find it. I, I know it's there. You don't have to look for it. That, that, that again, that the lower 90% control nearly 80% of the consumer dollar. Uh, uh, there's even an additional point, that we, so that therefore they basically are in control, the lower 90% uh, of, uh, of where the they, consumer they dollar, yeah, dollar they're, goes. They're, they're, 
yeah. in control of what and people have to invest in. Even, even, even beyond that, as, uh, as Thomas Sowell has pointed out, he's, he's wrestled with this point. Many times, the, 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 the top 10% actually vote with the lower 90% anyway. So, so therefore, it's even mixed up that way. But, so that was a good point. But my, my point only is, uh, in terms of my slight frustration with what you were uh, arguing is that I was trying to emphasize, to my surprise, and I guess I have to listen to you, you thought the debate was only about uh, the ballot box versus the... Mostly. Okay. I would, I would okay. say okay. okay, okay, okay. The, the point, though, is that I, I tried to emphasize that if, if uh, and I, I take it you agree with that, the, 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 the more key point has to do with liberty and freedom, that, that if you're going to give uh, control over capital funds to the electorate or to an elite, then what's going to happen is that uh, they're going to uh, they're going to do what Barack Obama did. You know, jail people who were offensive. They're going to choke off things that they don't like. I quoted uh, uh, the, um, the, uh, the 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 journalist uh, from the Atlantic that that if that if you leave it to the majority, then uh, then what's going to happen is that we won't have Muslim prayer rugs. We won't have uh, we, we we if it's if it's going to happen if and only if a majority likes it. It's then, nuts. Like you go into the yeah, yeah. you go into the grocery store. Yeah. And you find these like keto chips that are vegan and have no gluten in them, and these other chips that are made of like super greens. Socialism would never come up with these innovations. Yeah. Never. It's like there's so much, like they're like, oh, well, people want to eat chips, but they also want to be healthy. So can we find a way to deliver them some chips that are comparatively healthy compared to the potato chips that are full of oil that they've been eating? There's like the, the, the brilliance of these capitalists, these evil, greedy capitalists, is out of this world. And it's a real shame that some people just don't appreciate that all of these people are working tirelessly to find ways to furnish them with goods that have never been seen before at a reasonable price. And yeah, and they're just driven. I don't think, I think this is where I, I think, you know, the Mackie guy was, had one up on Yaron Brook. I think most people that I've met that go into business think, oh, I've got a really cool idea and I want people to have it. Like, I'd, I'd like to make money doing something cool, you know? Well, yes, well, actually, there too, I think that um, uh, I tried, I, I, would, I would bring your point to a new level because we're talking about prosperity. The, the, the key point, and uh, I, I think I failed in elaborating on it enough in the debate, is that, uh, is that uh, prosperity is based on innovation. And that that if you if you take innovation out of uh, the economy, then then you then you then you could freeze uh, the economy at 1750 or 1850 or 1950. Yeah. That's where prosperity comes from from innovation. And and if we're going to have uh, uh, state banks reviewing all the proposals, like from Steve Jobs or from Sam Walton or from Jeff Bezos. This is what I want to do. Will you finance it? I mean, Steve Jobs would be tossed out. How the, yeah, how the hell do they know what to allocate the resources yeah, to? Yeah, yeah. The point is, in the free market, um, someone basically acts as a vetting system as to what projects are likely to be good and what which aren't, and those are the investors. Uh, those people who are good at spotting good ideas end up with more resources. And so they should, because they're demonstrating themselves to be good at using those resources in the interests of the consumers. Those who 
put their money into projects that are unprofitable lose their investment. That society's way of stewarding resources into the hands of those people who know how to steward the resources. Uh, and this, this is not very well understood, obviously, but it's also been completely under-articulated by libertarians. They've not done a very good job of explaining this. Uh, I myself have written a couple of articles on Mises on this very point mm -hmm. because it's a source of frustration to me that people don't actually understand the social benefits that the investor confers upon society. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, cl classically Steve Jobs only cared about making a lot of money because he could be self-financing. He brazenly had ideas that seemed crazy. He wasn't the least bit interested in running focus groups. Uh, and he just simply yeah. used his money to finance his own ideas. And as you indicate, unless we uh, give the maximum potential to decentralize yeah. this process, we're going to be cheated about, of, of yeah. a lot of good ideas because they often come from the margins, they come from the kooks, they come yeah. from the people who see things differently and see different things, who, are, who have to go to charm school in order to get by the state-run banks that Ben Burgess will want. Exactly. And that's where... where and, uh, and, uh, so he was an example of Henry Ford saying, if I'd give... If I'd given my customers what I wanted, they would have got a faster horse. What they wanted. If I, if I gave my customers what they wanted, it would have been a faster horse. On that very quotable mobile, yeah. On that very quotable note from uh, the great Scottish economist, uh, uh, Anthony Samaroff, we're going to conclude this episode of the Scottish Liberty Podcast. Uh, it's been an interesting exchange, yeah. and uh, I appreciate the criticism you've you've given me. Uh, it's uh, it uh, it gives me uh, reason to try to improve. At the age of seventy six, I've got uh, room for improvement, just as you do, Anthony. At the age of thirty four, how old are you now? Thirty five. For my sins, you're still alive at thirty five. I'm still getting my kicks at seventy six. Excellent. And we'll continue this. Uh, dialogue at some other point. Meanwhile, welcome to New York City. Thank you. Anthony, I love and, it here. And I hope you don't get into any further trouble on the street. Oh, no, that was the one of the highlights of the evening. Well, thank you very much for joining me. I very much enjoyed the conversation. We had some laughs and it was good to get a little bit riled up in the classic Jewish fashion. Yes. Two Jews, people, it's, it's little known perhaps that, that, that Andy Samaroff, he doesn't have a Jewish accent, uh, but uh, he is a uh, Scottish I Jew. I love the fold. He's Scottish Jew through and through. He was bar mitzvahed, I was not, but... Uh, I know that's a, that's, a, that's a slight source of heartache for you after all these years, isn't it, that you never got your bar mitzvah? <laughs> not really. Well, I, think, I think we should plan to hold a bar mitzvah for Gene Epstein. <laughs> I think that I, I think we should look into making that actually yeah, happen. You can have a Gene Epstein deserves a bar mitzvah. Well, th that's such a sweet thought. We should end on that thought. Thank you very much, Anthony. Bye bye. Bye.